is such a long time away. This night can last forever. Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's the Review a New Podcast. I'm your co-host, DJ. I'm your co-host, Evan. And this is the podcast where we go back, typically, to the filmographers of our uh, favorite uh, filmmakers and talk about them, you know, through a modern lens. Uh, but today, we have a Kofi request from uh, Pernella. Thank you so much for your request. Uh, for Lulu Wang's uh, The Farewell, a very interesting narrative of a film um, starring... Aquafina, um, <laughs> um, and, and but before we get started, uh, just to let you know, uh, this uh, episode is sponsored by viewers like you. You know, and if you want to support uh, support your boys and what we do, you can always uh, hit up that Kofi link at kofi.com uh, slash rap critic and request uh, uh, songs or um, um, movies or streams for me to do, or you could uh, just you know donate, just donate. You know, it's there. Um, or you can go to patreon.com slash rap critic and uh, for ongoing support, you get to uh, join the rap critic discord, see episodes early and, uh, you know, get exclusive uh, uh, podcast episodes. So, you know, get with it, act like you want it. But yeah, uh, so today's movie that we're talking about is, yeah, The Farewell. And OK, so I want to get this out of the way. Uh, just first off, do you know much about uh, Ms. Aquafina? Yeah, so I OK, so I have never watched her comedy or her or seen her music yeah, or anything has, yeah. i i was aware of the aquafina doing a black scent controversy um mm -hmm. and i feel like it is not my place to have any kind of opinion on that i will <laughs> i will defer to people who are offended by it what i will say is that because i hadn't seen her in anything else and because she's mostly speaking mandarin in this movie um yeah, and she's yeah. you know it's like i was kind of able to put that to the side easily because i didn't oh, yeah, have yeah. That, I felt that way as well i did you know, feel that way watching the movie um i mean you know like if she was <laughs> doing that in the movie it would have been a different story but yeah 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 um so yeah you're, you're right to get that out of the way yeah that, that doesn't happen here so you don't have to feel that uncomfortableness but just to give my back uh backstory and how i feel about it right um, basically, uh, for longtime listeners of the Going Off podcast, uh, a couple of years ago, someone had requested a, you know, musical documentary movie, uh, you know, before I had this, uh, thing that I have here called the Review a New Podcast, folks. Um, and, uh, so they were like, hey, yeah, how about you, you know, do this movie review? And it was called Bad Rap, and it was, uh, focusing on four different, uh, Asian rappers, and basically, you know, them trying to make their way in the rap game when you know, you know, like Asian rappers are kind of looked at as kind of like, um, you know, the even more stigmatized, you know, idea of like a white rapper, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like white rapper, oh, you're not really hood. Chinese rapper, Asian rapper, ah, we know you're not hood. You know, it's that like sort of thing, right? And it was documenting these four like artists, uh, two of which I, I thought were like, you know, interesting uh, people. Uh, Dumbfounded, who was like super talented dude. Uh, Aquafina, who uh, like, you know, not great, but it's like, you know, people have personality and they can be fun. You know what I mean? It's kind of like her music was interesting and like to listen to. And then there were two other dudes that were kind of like, meh. But, you know, it's one of those things that I was thinking where I was just like, I mean, you know, how many, you know, American black rappers are just fucking mad and they're mm -hmm. allowed to flourish, right? Like, so, you know, hey, like, give these motherfuckers a chance. You know, they, they want to say their shit too, right? You know? And... The thing about it is, you know, the the documentary really lets you get to know about them. And, like, it starts off documenting them at one point, and then it comes back to them, like, uh, a year or so later to be like, how have they been kind of doing on their progress, you know? Um, and so, like, 
you like when you watch that documentary, like I really got to know these people, you know, and uh, Dumbfounded and Aquafina, I feel like I got to know the most. They felt like the most, you know, fleshed out. And so, like, you know, for for this seeing this documentary and being like, you know, yeah, I'm doing this hip hop and this is kind of what I do. And she didn't have like that that much, you know, on the internet there, but like. It was like this from the stuff I did here. It was just like this is really fun stuff, and you know, you know, I don't think everybody has to be you know super fucking lyrical miracle right in mm-hmm. order to be like accepted in hip hop. You know, people can have fun right and still be able to do their things, and as long as you like respect the genre, you know what I'm saying? It, like it's it's fine because it's like you know, hip hop is all about comedy, right? Biz Marquee and you know, uh, uh, digital underground, right? Like hip hop has room for people having fun, and her stuff was like really kind of silly and like you know just kind of throwing in the face of the. Vi- I mean, her name was Aquafina, right? Like. Mm-hmm awkward uh, you know and so i was like oh okay like you know do your thing sorry i have a question does she voice the dolphin pop singer named aquafina on bojack horseman or are they both just named aquafina <laughs> i like, think that might be a let me i need to i'm sorry i need to look this up real quick because literally <laughs> like in the, back the first time i heard now, aquafina yeah. i was like wait the dolphin on bojack horseman um, I think that is her. Okay, no, because oh that her name is Sextina. Her name is uh, Sextina Aquafina, and she yeah, that feels voiced, too on the that feels yeah, too on the and nose. it's spelled yeah. aqua like water, and her and she's yeah. voiced by Aisha Tyler. So never mind, that is just a coincidence. Uh, pronounced uh. the same way, but they are yeah. not. It did not um, spelled the same. Anyway, I'm sorry for the dolphin yeah. related digression. Uh, look at you. <laughs> And so I was engrossed, you know, and in the documentary, you know, you really kind of like care about their journey and it's like, and you're hearing their music. And it's like, oh, you know, it's not bad music, you know, like you see them doing their thing. And then, yeah, it was that idea of like when she got on, then it was like, oh, later for any of like talking kind of black like I was doing before, like in the sense of like, you know, oh, that was a costume I put on and now I'm done with that. And now I'm a professional in Hollywood because I just happened to take off with this thing. And so now I'm doing this now. And it's kind of like a, yo, like that's that sort of fucking um, it's the Kid Rock, the fucking um. It's the Miley like Cyrus. you're gonna you're gonna take it's, this on when it's convenient for you and take it off yeah. when it's not convenient for you. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I don't have a problem because here's the thing. I remember someone actually like talking about how like you know there are trans you know like transracial or transcultural in the sense of like hey like an Asian like if you that, grow up and everybody yeah, around you is talking right. a certain way and you're talking like them but yeah because if, if it was authentic if it was that was just how she talked then yeah, like, oh I came to America and this is how like it, it felt like this was like that in parts on you just said if you go to the UK you know you might kind of like get the accent yeah and really get I do that I'm always whatever. worried that I that I, I might sound like I'm making fun of people because I like pick up people's accents while I'm talking to them. But yeah, but this was like a deliberate and conscious choice to put on, to put on an affected way of speaking from what I understand. Like it was very deliberate and affected. And that's what people are are angry about, right? Where it's just like, yeah, when you see how immediately she shedded the culture as soon as it was expedient to drop it for a success, all the code switching instead felt like, instead of appreciation, cultural appreciation came off like opportunism. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and if she had and I think it also might have been a little different if she'd been like, hey, I realized that, you know, me putting this on was gross and I shouldn't have done that, you know, sure. and she had and she'd said she like, totally hey, I made a mistake. To the shit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. So, you know, she would say shit like, oh, well, you know, conversations are being had about it, you know, and I just think those conversations are, and it's always like, no, that's not. That's I feel not like whenever people it. say something shitty and then they're like, but I started a conversation. It's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so she 
she's problematic. Um, but again, like this movie, you know, she's mostly speaking Mandarin. And when she is speaking English, she's not doing that. So like it's it was pretty easy for me to put it aside. But again, I also hadn't seen the the only reason I even knew about it was like some headlines on the Internet that I had seen. So this wasn't like in my head the way if I had actually I get ever heard that, her yeah. speaking with the affected accent like that. Yeah, it might have yeah. been different. Yeah, but like me as someone who, you know, is like like part of hip hop culture, you know, and really like, you know, enjoys it and like and you know, a- and as someone who can like have fun with the culture, right? Mm-hmm. Like that felt a, a particularly kind of like, man, like come on now. Like you know there's, you know, problems with like, you know, just like Asian rappers being uh, able to be represented, right? And like and then you had the opportunity and instead of like doing something with it, instead of like, just being an Asian rapper, well, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, this is easier. So I, I don't want to, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean, off as, you know, yeah, yeah, I hear, I hear that. Um, um, but, but at the same time, as I watched the movie, like, like, so basically, I saw all that to say when I had first seen the name, I, it was just like, oh my god, yeah, <laughs> like, uh, like why, like of all movies about like you know, hey, like you know, I, I enjoy that I got this request, you know, of doing like, hey, let's you know uh, expand our you know palette of like, like doing about, some you know some newer stuff and some more like serious yeah. and dramatic. I really did not want to watch this movie for entirely different reasons. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. like, my father in law is he's been in home hospice care and he's he's not doing well and um. You know, so that's that's been really difficult. Um, I also had my grandfather pass last um, last fall. My grandfather passed away. And um, and so just with all that going on, I was like, I don't want to watch sad dying grandma movie. I don't yeah. want to do it. But yeah. I will say I was pleasantly surprised. And if you, <laughs> this is the first ever review a new podcast you're ever listening to. Spoiler yeah. warning right here. We're going to be talking about the entire structure <laughs> yeah. of the movie inside and out, including the ending, including the like post credit sequence. Yeah. So don't. In order to have a conversation. And I didn't know about the post credit sequence. Wait, what? Well, it's, I mean, I'm exaggerating a little. It wasn't like a Marvel post credit scene. Oh, it was just oh, a little. But, but after the credits, does something happen? Well, there's a little, uh, like, the insert of the... Oh, the coda. Oh, oh. Well, I, but that the... wasn't, like, after the credits, though, was it? No, I'm talking... Okay, so basically... So the there's the grandmother in the movie, Nai-Nai, right? Yeah. There's the grandmother, and then there's also the grandma's sister, who's Billy, the character played by Aquafina. So there's her grandmother and her Nai-Nai, and then her great-aunt, the Nai-Nai's sister. And those are kind of the two old ladies. And then during the credits, there was this little insert... Um, video of another old lady doing like qigong and oh, 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 i was the, like the, the, wait who's that the, old lady and that was the real nine that was the actual yeah, 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 her yeah. actual so lulu's actual nine yeah. who... that wasn't after the credits that wasn't after the it credits, was like though. during the happened. credits it, it was... no 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 it literally happens right after it's like the last scene of the movie happens oh and then it's, you're it's right like a, you're right it was yeah, like the yeah, blackout yeah. and then this little video uh-huh. and then and she, and there's yeah so again you had your spoiler warning um, we find out that the real Nai was still alive at the time of this movie coming out, that she survived six years past her diagnosis, at least. Yeah. Um, and so that was really nice. And so and it was such an interesting, <laughs> like, subversion in a way that I think is fascinating that I wanted to get wanted to get into, you know? Yeah. Um, well, but yeah, but just to round up the, yeah, the stuff mm-hmm. to talk about. Once yeah, yeah, for quick, sure. I was just saying, like. But, like, despite having that, like, eh feel when I, like, saw the name, like, oh, god damn it. Like, you know, Chinese representation, it's this, you know. But then when I saw the movie, I was like, 
You, you know what? I can't even lie. You did a good fucking. She did. You know she what was I mean? really. Like, yeah, so, the whole cast. Like, I, is that's good. how you know someone's good. Like when when my hating ass is still like when I saw Jordan Peele's like first and second movies. You know, and going. Into oh yeah, it, I, I know you don't like, like Jordan Peele. Yeah, <laughs> and, like... and oh my lord, and oh my lord, I just saw the trailer for Nope, and I am all in. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. I need to see it. I need to watch that. Dude, yeah. I so, so uh, I'm not always just trying to hate on a motherfucker, just to hate on a motherfucker. You know, I can acknowledge and be like, hey, maybe I didn't enjoy them on this thing, but when it comes to this thing, hey, you know, yeah. they represent. They represent. Yeah, for sure. No, what, what were you gonna say? What were you gonna say? Oh no, just a Jordan Peele tangent. That I was very, very excited when I found out he was gonna be producing Lovecraft Country because I really liked the book, and then I found out because it was gonna be a movie, and then I found out it was a show, and I was like, ah, it's a show, and the show was really good. Anyway, total, total tangent. Um, and uh, Jonathan, who is it? Jonathan uh, something. Uh, Jonathan Majors. Yeah, yeah. He's got. Jonathan Majors. He does. Yes. He has a really great face. He just like you got to yeah, look yeah. at him. You just want to look at him. A, yeah, and he was in the Loki uh, show as well. He uh, he. I yeah, went to, he wait, yeah. He was the, the he, he was the like. Oh, spoilers for uh, Loki, I guess. Uh, but but I'm, I'm not saying <laughs> what character he was. Yeah, so, I can't yeah, say. Yeah. yeah, we can't say who he was in Loki. That's like a big spoiler, but. Uh, yeah, I went to UNCSA. Uh, I played I, volley. Oh, I played volleyball a lot, and like people, would, the drama kids would come out and play volleyball. And, oh, and just, like, neat. It. So yeah, that's what I would see him. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. I was I was gonna say. So I just was last night because we're on a tangent because we're I guess procrastinating talking about the the heavy <laughs> stuff. But I was watching um, After Party, the After Party last night. I watched the first episode of that, and that was a lot of fun. And. Uh, John Early is in that, and he was my secret set. I feel like I've told this story before. We've been doing this friggin' podcast so long that I'm turning into, like, a grandpa and, like, telling the same <sighs> stories over and over. John Early was my secret Santa freshman year of college, and he gave me a pile of moon pies. That was, uh, yeah. <laughs> John um, Early? Yeah, Wait, he's, he was in, he's in Search when Party. you say John Early... Are you talking about the blonde guy? I think you're talking about the, he, the blonde dude who's really like kind and is like the southern boy who. Yeah, no, he's a, yeah, he's oh, such a sweetheart. Shit. Like we were I in. I love that guy. Yeah, no, no, he's awesome. Like we were in, uh, we were in uh, the studio together. I don't think you told me that. You never told me that one. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I, I always say like he was my secret Santa freshman year, and he gave me a big pile of moon pies because he's from Tennessee, and I think we did some Tennessee Williams scene work together. But yeah, he's. He's fantastic. Awesome. He was he was one of the people in our class that we were like, you know, he was gonna go somewhere. He just was yeah. like such a firebrand, such a good like character and he, actor. Yeah. yeah, he always like he really wanted me to be in August Osage County, and uh, and I just remember we took this like really awkward photo. Uh, this like, well, it was only me being awkward. We took a group photo of our class at the end of the semester, and. Everybody was looking at the camera except for me because I somehow had missed the memo. And so I was like looking off and he yeah. saw that and went, August Osage County. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, just bragging about famous people we went to college with. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. We totally are. No, I, know. People. I know. But whatever. Whatever. I'm sitting here. I'm like, we're dealing with life. We get to name drop and be gross if we want to. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. So, it's our podcast. We could. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we should talk about the farewell. And I have thoughts. I actually have big, big thoughts about the farewell. So here's the thing. And and I really liked it. <laughs> I'll just say that yeah, now. I, yeah, yeah. And I, I really liked it as well. I, I loved it, especially how it started with 
based on an actual lie. I like right. that. <laughs> so, so that's that's actually because you said, you know, it's kind of subversive and stuff. Here's the thing. Yeah. So Hollywood right now, I think it's getting a little better. But for a long time, Hollywood has had a particular disease called Save the Cat. And Save the Cat is a, a screenwriting book. And, and I'm not like knocking like. You know, I mean, I use this a lot, like, techniques you know, that like te- techniques the, like, and structure yeah. and blah, blah, blah. To build blah. off of the storytelling. Sure. Right. But there's one thing where you're like, okay, I'm going to base this on the hero's journey and you've got the Matrix, right? But Save the Cat is this screenwriting book that has become just the, like, like, Save the Cat is has become to screenwriters in Hollywood what, like, the Bible is to rabid fundamentalists where it's like very, very like must do exactly this. And so somebody pointed out a couple of years ago, they were like, have you noticed how the movies now all seem to have the same beats? It's like the hero gets in a scrape and then their mentor gives them a stern talking to. And then the next scene is this happening and they all have these like same, same, same beats. Right. And it gets really uh, exhausting because it's, it's this very like, very predictable thing. And because this is based on a true story, um, I, I, you know, I haven't looked too much into this, this, but it seemed to me that the plot of the farewell is more or less what happened in real life. And because of that, it doesn't have these really predictable screenplay beats. Like if this were, if this were written as a completely fictional screenplay, the grandmother would have either, dropped dead at some point or she would have found out we would have gotten a little miss sunshine right but, like you so know. so the by the way if you're uh if you're some wild man who is listening to this podcast without having seen the movie <laughs> and you're ignoring the spoiler warnings the premise is essentially that in china it is it is culturally normal to hide a terminal diagnosis from the actual patient and for yeah. their family members to know and to hide it from them to prevent them from getting stressed out and upset. Yeah. So this Chinese lady yeah. has got terminal lung cancer and her family is hosting a wedding as an excuse to go and say goodbye to her without letting her know that they're saying goodbye to her. So if this yeah. were... If, and, and Aquafina is the girl who's like from America right. Aquaf- and has kind of lived there her whole life. Right. Aquafina like, is playing Billy who moved to America well, from China yeah, yeah, when yeah, she was six. Life, yeah. Right. And that comes into it. But she moved to America when she was six and she's, um, you know, loves her grandmother and is kind of like at a low point in her life and her career is failing and she doesn't really have a lot going on and... So she goes back even though her parents don't want her to because they're worried she's going to let it slip. So again, if this were just if this were a fictional screenplay, the grandmother would have either died or she would have found out or she would have gotten the all clear diagnosis by the end of the movie. One of those three things would have happened. Mm. Um, and none of those things happen. None of those things happen. And what I think was so fascinating is that the plan in the movie At the beginning of the movie, the plan is that the family has is the cousin who is this really young guy. He's like, you know, in his early 20s, he looks like, who's been living in Japan. um, And he's got this Japanese girlfriend that he's been dating for three months. And the plan is that the cousin is... Right. And, you know, so the plan is the cousin is going to marry his girlfriend and they're going to have this big family wedding as an excuse to say goodbye to Nainai. And Nainai is not going to learn that she has a lung cancer diagnosis. They all tell her, oh, you have some pneumonia. You've got a chest cold, right? So the whole plan is we're going to have this wedding. 
We're going to say goodbye to Nainai, but she's not going to know. And then we're all going to spend time with her. And then we're going to go home. And that's it. That's the plan. And that is exactly what happens. The whole thing in the movie, like the cousin cries at his wedding, (laughs) understandably, because like he doesn't really want to get married to the girl he's been dating for three months. Yeah. Um, And and also I was thinking, is there like element of like impossibly being gay? Yeah. Did he come off as gay to you? He came off as gay to me, but I didn't know. Yeah. So my brain was just kind of going. Oh, like, I don't know. I kind of projecting. Or, I, I like, think he seemed a little gay to me, but that might have just been me being gay, like yeah, and projecting. Right. So and I it might know. have been me projecting just because he happens to look like yeah, like yeah. But but it, I mean, but regardless of but even it, if like, he's, he's a very soft spoken like kind of guy, and he's yeah. Like, you know, he seems to not be like they don't seem to have any chemistry. Like you, I don't think you ever see them talking to each yeah, other. Yeah, I feel like, like this yeah. girl might be his quote unquote girlfriend, who's like his right. friend, where he was like, hey let me tell you my parents that we're dating but you know but anyway regardless he doesn't want to he clearly does not want to get married um and you know he cries at the wedding but that and i think it's never clear whether they're actually getting legally married i think they are because the cousin yeah. or the cousin might have just been crying about the grandmother also he might have just been crying because uh, he's also sad about his grandmother dying so i think the, yeah. And Billy at a few points Tom refers to it because they they never really like give an explanation for it. He's just kind of like yeah, and down. and Billy and, refers yeah. to it as a fake wedding. So it's possible they they weren't getting legally yeah. married and they just were having the party. But um, but regardless, you know, like what I found so fascinating was that at the beginning of the movie, here's this plan, here's what we're gonna do, here's what's gonna happen. That's exactly what happens, and the movie is just that happening. And what it reminded me of in a really interesting way was, um, did you ever see My Big Fat Greek Wedding? Oh, of course. Yeah. So I watched My Big Fat Greek Wedding in high school. And now they're very different movies. My Big Fat Greek Wedding is a comedy. It's a, it's a, I, I almost hesitate. I to, this is a comedy in a, in a way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I almost. It's a dramedy. I, it's not. I don't know. I would say it's very much a comedy. I wouldn't call it a rom-com because I actually think it doesn't have enough drama to be a rom-com. Um, uh, wait, what movie? What movie? My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Oh. I'm talking about My Big Fat Greek Wedding. So My Big Fat Greek Wedding, I watched it in high school, and the plot of My Big Fat Greek Wedding is this woman meets a guy, and they fall in love, and he meets her wacky Greek family, and they're wacky and Greek, and then they get married. Yeah. That's that's the plot. There's no, there's no like conflict. Like right. No there's there's at, no yeah. real conflict. Like I think the I think supposedly the conflict is oh no what if my wacky Greek family scares him off? But at right. no point at no point does he actually seem like he is gonna be scared off by the wacky family. So you know, and I will say now I am remembering this movie from almost 20 years ago. So I, I, this is not a fair or current assessment of how I feel about my big fat Greek wedding. But I remember thinking, you know, this is fun. It's a fun movie. It's cute, but it's not satisfying because it like lacks that actual conflict and it's just sort of things happening until the end. And so I think there's, but weirdly enough, I really like that about the farewell. And I think the differences are that, because the farewell is serious, there's all these like very strong emotional beats and moments like Billy at one point, you know, Billy's just like her life is just kind of not going anywhere. She's 30. She at the beginning of the movie um, fails to get a I think it's a Guggenheim fellowship. Yeah, um, yeah. And and, you know, she just doesn't have anything going on for her. And um, and she's also 
you know, she's talking like her Mandarin, like she has conversations in Mandarin, but everybody keeps saying like her Mandarin's not very good. And she talks about like maybe wanting to stay in China. And she at one point kind of like her mother and she both kind of break down and her mother is like, has this moment of like, why does everybody expect me to be sad? This woman hates me talking about Nia and I like nothing's ever good enough for her. And, you know, and she's, um, you know, she, she doesn't like me. And also, why am I supposed to be blubbering, crying all over the place? I What's wrong with having your emotions, you know, in check? Yeah, she's like, I don't want to be like a zoo, you know, just exhibiting my emotions. Right. Yeah. And then Billy kind of has this breakdown talking about, um, you know, talking about like how hard it was for her to immigrate at age six and, and lose her family and lose her cultural context. And then the cousin at one point, who's very quiet, but he finally like breaks down crying and the dad has a drinking problem. And again, like if oh, this yeah. was fictional, if this was fictional, it would be like there's got to be some kind of like reckoning or he has to like get so drunk that he like mm. flips the table or set or blurt something out or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, no, people uh, have drinking problems in real life. Yeah, it is just a, a fact of the uh, a, a fact of the story and not like any necessarily a driving factor of right it. Yeah. and so i think with you know with my big fat greek wedding the other thing is that hollywood had not yet caught save the cat disease um at that time so it didn't feel like quite such a right, breath of fresh right, air to right. break out of that it felt now more it's like formula it, it's it, in a formula now right. yeah because the machine has gotten yeah more grease. And, yeah. and i think also if you had a comedy that was like total laugh a minute balls to the wall that could also work really well but you know my big fat greek wedding basically had the feeling of a rom-com without rom-com stakes or structure which i think was what bothered me whereas this drama um I think actually it not having the really structured, predictable plot points with it not having sort of big moments of like, oh, no, somebody died or, oh, no, somebody found out about their cancer diagnosis or whatever. Yeah. Not having those big melodramatic moments and making it feel real actually, I think, made it pack a bigger punch. Yeah, that it, that was the thing. It was, it's the... I mean, people were saying that this was a trend, but it really wasn't because, like, two or three, like, positive movies happened to be big or something like that uh, out of, like, I see a whole bunch of movies. But, you know, people were talking about, like, positive core or or whatever it was. Like, uh, Oh, I, I missed that conversation entirely. Yeah, like, it, it, like when Paddington Bear and some other movie had happened to come out, people were like, oh, you know, positive core or something like that is a thing in film now. Like, where people are trying to think more positively. And it's like, I don't believe in that as an actual thing that, that was happening as a trend. But this movie does fit the idea of, like, it takes you down this road of, like, where the, uh, the point is about the journey of going through people's feelings and then ultimately subverts your expectations in a way that feels earned because, like, going back to your point, like, the movie is a drama, but, like, because it, you live with these characters so, like, you get so well-worn into them so that, like, their idiosyncrasies and silliness and, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, those real human moments of them talking to each other and having silly moments really do stick out as, like, moments that don't, not only feel earned but are genuinely funny and great moments of relief from the tension of what's happening, you know, uh, behind you know, uh, behind everyone's mind of what's going on. And how they lay it out in the dialogue is mwah, fucking exquisite. So I want to get into it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Did you, did you have anything else you want to No, I mean, I think that was, that was kind of my big, like, overview thought of just, it was really cool. And I think you yeah. could, I think you could, you could write a fictional movie that does this also, but I, I would... 
And I mean, obviously I wasn't there. I don't know exactly what happened in real life, but it felt very much like, I think, you know, like even the moment that happens near the end where um, Billy has to kind of run and intercept her aunt and like change the x-rays, you know, before the grandma sees it, it felt like that's like the kind of thing that would happen in real life and that you would tell a story about and be like, oh my God. And then my grandma almost saw the x-rays, but we had to run really fast and go to a copy shop and like, like it's, it's that moment where it's, it's dramatic, but it feels like real life. This is a story you would tell dramatic. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's just it's so great being able to just sit with these characters and this family and go through stuff with them without because I, I feel like if these sort of big dramatic plot points had happened, it would have felt insulting and fake. And it would have felt like it was just about those things instead of about the real relationships between them. And just like, right, just about the bump moments of them happening instead of like really taking you, you know, and understanding the journey of this, this family and their family dynamics, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love how it uh, starts with just like <laughs> how little things just kind of set up the theme where, where you know, uh, the Nine is calling uh, uh, Billy, um, the Aquafina's character. And it just starts off with her saying, like, you know, Grandma's saying, like, oh, you know, uh, America's like this over there. Are, are you wearing a hat? Are you staying well? And she's like, yes, yes, uh, Grandma, I'm wearing a hat, even though she's clearly not. You know, like, yeah. just, like, already setting up the idea of just, like, I'm just smoothing over things with a lie just because it doesn't really matter that much, does it? Like, you know. <laughs> well, and, you know, they're both lying to each other because the Grandma says that she's just at her sister's house and she's at the hospital. Um, mm. And then I really appreciated just this movie really trusts the audience because um like when uh the sister we see the sister being told the news about nine eyes diagnosis and um and there's no sound you, you don't hear any any speech there you just see the doctor talking to the sister and then you see her the sister taking a moment and like really kind of bracing herself and you know what happened without it having to be spelled out and I just remembered, like, the one other thing I want to mention that was, like, at one point kind of midway through the movie, they take the grandma to the hospital, and there's this, like, young, very cute doctor who studied in the UK, and he speaks <laughs> English, yeah. and he's, and and Billy and he are talking to each other in English so that Nine I can't understand, and somebody's like, oh, this doctor, he speaks English, and you're 30, <laughs> and you're single, and you know, da 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 and trying to set her up. Like, and, right. like, again, <laughs> if this were... Like, uh, you know, if this were like a screenplay 101 movie, like that doctor would have popped up at the end and he and Billy would have like had a moment like, you know, but he doesn't because he's some random doctor and she's not actually going to start dating some random doctor who treated her grandmother in the emergency (laughs) room, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah. So go ahead. But he still serves an important purpose as a character in the plot, right? Like, yeah. Well, he's, he's a medical professional still saying the things that her her, her family is saying. You know? Yeah. And it, and it's also like just a moment. It's, it's also nice just having like the age diversity that, you know, it, it's the moment to show some family dynamics of like, you know, them wanting, uh, them, you know, being worried about Billy not having a boyfriend and, and also just, you know, it's it's always nice to see some age diversity because I think sometimes, you know, like you think, doctor, well, that's going to be an old, like, you know, if you just think I'm going to just cast the ER doctor and, oh, sure. you know, you're just going to cast an older person or, um, or, you know, often, 
it goes the other way is where you only see young people. So it's it's nice yeah, seeing. But he like, looks fresh out of like med school. Fresh out of med school, like, yeah. He went through it and, all, yeah. Yeah, and then it also does allow you know the plot point of of him and Billy speaking in English, you know, kind of over Nine Eyes' head. But yeah, so I, I love the, the the initial conversation you see them having. Um, uh, with uh, Nana and Billy, where she goes like, you know, why are you still with that old fart who's basically deaf and useless anyways, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, he cracked me up, the the, yeah, the, the step-grandpa. shifts about, you know, I, he's just he, like... <laughs> I feel like there is a trope, and I, I'm hard-pressed to think of another example right now, but this was, I feel like, a good use of a trope, because it did feel tropey, but not in a bad way, not in a tired way, because I feel like there's a trope of, like, the, you know... I, I and it's like I swear I've seen this before and I cannot for the life of me think of another example but I swear I've seen the like elderly like the the elderly step grandfather just quietly shuffling around while the grandma is actually talking to people. I swear I've seen that. It feels like something I've seen before. I just but you can't, can't think name of a movie. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, but it was like it felt tropey in a good way. Like so much of this movie yeah. felt because well, it felt real. Yeah, it mm-hmm. felt like it didn't feel like oh okay. You know how you watch some Hollywood movies and you have that feeling of like. Yeah, they gotta hit this beat, you know. But I never felt that. It felt like, oh yeah, these are real family dynamics. This is yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. It didn't. It didn't feel like ticking off the the. And now this plot point has to happen, kind of box. Yeah, because it has to prove a point about how she's getting with this guy to get over granddad or something, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And it's just kind of like, oh, you know, this is person to have a relationship. And in fact, yeah, what she says is in the in the um in the moment she goes like, you know, hey, you know, it's better than living alone, and it's a live person. You know, you don't want to go to the bathroom and just see your own shadow all the time you know right. like like and that makes sense that feels very human you know just in the conversation kind of like in passing like hey but you know it's good to have company you know and but then what's kind of funny actually is that um what happens is you know she like she gives that remark where she says like you know uh hey it's better to have someone you know and, and then she kind of goes like hey you know uh uh billy you should have someone you know taking care of you too you know and it's like you should you like you should be concerned with that and like uh Aquafina's like uh you know like hey i'm taking care of myself you know like i'm, I'm doing what i need to do to kind of get by for me you know and then she kind of twisted it and she goes like you know like i'm self-sufficient i'm doing my own thing i'm taking care of myself it's like and he goes like so uh mr lee is he uh taking care of you and you know the grandma nine nine she so gets this knowing look on her face where it's just like you know okay i can understand <laughs> how you might want to be by yourself for a while i love that the grandma fucking concedes a bit you know it's yeah just like, all right <laughs> i can understand yeah, and, how self-sufficiency you know self-sufficiency as a woman is good for you <laughs> and and the grandma like also just you can she feels so real which is I mean, yeah, oh, which I, so I don't, and I got to give the, the filmmaker credit also because, you know, just because a character is based on a real person doesn't mean you're going to necessarily write a character that feels real. And obviously the actress deserves credit also, you know, you, you could, you can have a character who's based on a real person and comes off just as flat and two dimensional and cookie cutter as anything. So the Absolutely. fact that she feels so real and she doesn't feel like sort of a stereotyped, you know, grandma, like she's right. She's really, a lively, yeah. active person who has a very specific personality. Yeah, type, right? and like she's and a, she's also she's not like you know she's not a stereotypical delicate grandma, and she's also not stereotypical like spunky grandma. 
Because that's no, the thing no, too. Right. You see where it's like kind of cliche, sure. like oh, it's a grandma who says sassy things, and it's like yeah. oh, she, she feels... outbends the trope, yeah. Right, but yeah, she feels like a very real person. Trope. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. she feels real. Like when she has these moments of like, like not just coming off like as the you know authoritarian, you know old, uh, you know elder of the of the of the group. Yeah, the matriarchal. Know, like, no, yeah. she really it, it, like she shows moments of like actually having a real conversation where like, hey, maybe my mind has changed because we're having a fun moment, you know, and we're really talking to each other you yeah. know like I, I love that you see true moments like that now uh when she when uh aquafina billy's character uh and when billy lands in china there's immediately the scene where like all these dudes are trying to help her with her bags or something to that effect and it felt to me like and maybe i was just kind of like just seeing like just trying to interpret it just sort of like you know what i'm saying like that cultural shade of sexism that maybe is kind of like it's just oh, like man. you need a man to take care of you even if the exactly. man is not actually yeah. doing anything useful yeah. he's just there yeah, yeah. And, and and now and at the same time that they show that kind of like feeling like sort of exaggerated for the you know comedic effect of like showing that like ah this is an issue but like it never feels like you know guys in general are like put down right because yeah i mean he's not like it's not like he's a piece of shit like because he also like like i said i feel like the the sort of silent old man shuffling around is sort of tropey but he's not like you know he's not sitting on the couch scratching his balls and be like give me a beer woman you know yeah he's like he's a deaf older man who doesn't really have any you know, relation with this family. And so like when he, cause they, I think the comment at one point is like, when he eats, he eats and whatever he's doesn't interest him, he's not interested in. And so, you know, he walks off like when they're having dinner, he just randomly walks off when he's done eating. And so I was just like, all right, I'll see you later, man. You know? Um, and, uh, oh, and also the other, uh, the uncle in uh, the brother, I mean, uh, the uncle and the father, um, they are great characters in on themselves. The family seems to be mostly women, as, as I'm remembering it. But the uncle and the father, uh, oh, uh, uh, well, I, I think they're the, like great characters in and of themselves with the monologue that the uh, the uncle gets. Oh my god, I love it so much. It, oh it, uh, it yeah, the uncle. Yeah, we haven't really even gotten into a lot of the family members yet. The uncle is such a great character. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So um, we we get to the house. And they have a bit of a conversation that reveals that, like, you know, just says, like, um, says, uh, oh, I haven't been here since Mrs. Ma was uh, taking care of you. And, you know, uh, Nai-Nai goes, like, Mrs. Ma, like, that was four maids ago. Like, wow, it really has been a while, huh? And, you know, her her dad is like, yeah, the dad of the other, of how how She's just like, you know Chinese, speak to your grandma in Chinese, you know, like, come on, like, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, engage in the culture, what are you doing, you know? Um... And the first thing that the uh, that uh, that How How says is like, hey, you know, we don't need an expensive wedding. We we came here to just be with you. You know, we don't have to. You know, it doesn't have to be super extravagant. We don't have to. You know what I mean? I mean, he doesn't say much in the movie, but like, you know, the, what he says is sort of like, you know, really affectionate from the heart, right? Where it's just like, you know, it doesn't need to be extravagant. I'm here because we love you. You know, like. And of course, winking to the reality of what's really going on, right? Like we had mentioned earlier, but also just kind of like saying that, like, uh, money is not, you know what I'm saying? It's not about that, you know? And then uh, the man who helps uh, Aquafina with her bags after they after they have the first meetup, he, he's like really inquisitive and like really kind of like awkward where he's just like, hey, you know, so how, how's America like? Is it cool? What do you think is better? America? America must be nicer, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's like such an like, uh, annoying, like, you know, jump around guy who's just trying to like, like, America's cool, right? Oh, I haven't been to America. Is it cool? And she's just like, you know, it's just different. You know? I don't, yeah. And she's like, 
Yeah, and she goes, and he goes like, but I guess you're more used to America by now, right? I mean, you know, that makes sense, right? And she goes like, yeah, I guess so, you know, maybe, you know, like. It's it's always interesting to hear what people from other countries think about America. Yeah. You know, because they're (laughs) very, like. Well, because, you know, sometimes people are really critical. And I think we're used to hearing. And America has a history. I mean. Like, yeah. I mean, Europeans. I don't know. It's like, I feel like it's always legit to criticize America for, like, imperialism and stuff. But I feel like, in my experience, like, Europeans tend to criticize America for, like, really petty shit. Like. I, Europeans are always like American, American, Americans don't have bread or cheese. They only have trash. And like, I literally, there was this whole thing on Reddit. Cause I've always heard this uh, European saying like, Americans don't have real bread. Their bread tastes like cake and they don't have cheese. They only have this plastic, this yellow plastic. And it's like, what are you talking about? And it turns out like, like not a lot everything of Europe- is craft. <laughs> like, like a lot of Europeans come here and all they get is wonder bread and like craft singles. And then they're like, Americans don't have real bread or cheese. It's like, you do realize we're not eating that shit every day. Right. Like that's right. not like you can get actual bread and actual cheese and like actual, yeah. you know, so that's irritating. So yeah, like Europeans tend to criticize America for like really petty shit. Because also Europe has a history if we're going to talk about. Um, but but it's, but it's it is always interesting because I remember like when I was in Italy, I was getting a haircut and the person who was cutting my hair was like, oh, like you lived in New York? I'm. Do you know somebody from California? And like there's a lot of times just like no sense of how big it is, which to be fair, yeah. I feel like a lot of times we don't understand how big China is. Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's just interesting. Like, I don't know. I mean, he doesn't really get into it. He's mostly just asking her questions. But yeah, it's interesting to see that, like, like yeah. America being exotic to somebody is just, it, I don't yeah. know, it's interesting. And so uh, uh, Billy meets up with uh, uh, Nai Nai, who's doing the, uh, you know, the walk around and doing the sort of, like, circles that you see, like, you know, old Chinese ladies do it, like, you know parks and stuff like that you know or they're doing like the and like the walk around for like the cardio and you know for the for the blood pressure and circulation and things like that yeah well they're they're doing uh qigong yeah Yeah. Um, it's funny my rabbi had done a qigong workshop like a week before which was why i was like (laughs) remembered what it was called and yes he's uh you know talking about exercising and you know billy says you know oh you know it doesn't hurt your legs to be you know doing all this stuff and having to go up these stairs like come on and, uh, you know, uh, you know, Nana is like, nah, you know, I mean, sure. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. Legs, it, it could be a bit of a, it could be a bit of, you know, pain in there, but it's like, Hey, even so I got to exercise, it's the reason why I'm in the, I'm as healthy as I am, uh, even at my age, you know? And it's mm-hmm. that little moment of like, you know, no, like her being like, uh, to say it, you know, like, uh, and then they have a cute moment where, uh, you know, Billy's not taking the, uh, the, the, um, the exercise seriously so you know not not i uh, gently chides her to do it uh, you know just hey do it with attention you know really do it and you know in the movie Nana calls like billy like a stupid like stupid child she calls her well it's it's uh. translated as stupid child but i feel like it's it's like 
the word that she's calling her is probably sort of a, a gently yeah, ribbing cause, cause, pet name, yes, you yes. know? Because when you see her acting, it, it it's so, so cutely done where it's just like, you know, it's a term of endearment. Right. Yeah, it's like, it's like, I, it's like, aww. Yeah, it's like, it's the, the subtitles say stupid child, but she's not like, you stupid child. It's more like, yeah, oh, yeah. you dumb dumb. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. like, you dumb dumb. It's so like, cute. It's, it's so it's, endearing. Yeah, yeah. It's clearly it happens like, a couple of times. They love each other so much and their relationship is so great. Yeah, really yeah, just very sweet. And, and uh, when they're having dinner, uh, Nana says, "Like you know, there, you know, it happens to be brought up that uh, they've only been married for like three months." And he's like, mm, "Well, we don't need people talking behind our backs. If anyone asks, say six months." And someone else goes, "Like, well, ah, screw it. Why not a year?" You know? Yeah. <laughs> and they uh, they go out to get some um, to get some. Uh, I think Nana is going with the uncle. To uh yeah 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 to go figure out you know the arrangements for the wedding, and uh she you know Nine Nine says like oh yeah uh, my brother brought champagne or something like that oh no 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 uh, uh the uncle's brother yeah the, the uncle so, the artist uncle Billy's Billy's uh Billy's dad and she and <laughs> the uncle goes like nah Chinese people like go drink that stuff get the Chinese baiju you know <laughs> like something like man Chinese people like messing with that. <laughs> You know, and um, while they're doing that, uh, uh, Billy and her dad sit outside awkwardly in a really awkward, like awkwardly tight shot that I thought they were in like a restaurant booth or something like that. But it turns out they were just like, you know, sitting like waiting outside. Um, but they would just have such a listless conversation where the dad like clearly looks uncomfortable, but he's like trying to, you know, start the conversation of being like, hey, you know, how you doing? You know, okay. That and, framing felt so Wes Anderson. That one shot of, yeah. of her and her dad sitting on that bench outside, like it felt like yeah. a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, except and, there like, were actual Asian people in it, <laughs> and they uh, they had speaking roles. Look at that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's one of those things where, like, you can see the dad trying to be nice and being like, "Do you need some money? You know, like, how are things going?" You know, yeah, yeah. You know? And and she's, you know, I she's think being so curt and being like, "It's fine." Like, duh, duh, duh. and you know, yeah. you can tell there's like there's a societal pressure that she's also feeling, but also in the moment, it's kind of like as you're watching, you're just kind of like, oh come on, you see him trying to be a good dad, like you know. Yeah. Um, I I thought um so you just reminded me. I think you know with this movie being so realistic um in a lot of ways, there were a few moments that were very sort of filmic, um like cinematic moments, like per using juxtaposition that I thought because it kind of stood out. It was very effective. So there's this whole conversation where Nai is arguing because she said, you know, when I booked this venue, you told me it was going to be lobster. There's going to be lobster. And they're like, no, 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 we don't make lobster. It's crab. And they're arguing back and forth lobster crab. And she's getting very upset. Um, and then we get a juxtaposition shortly thereafter to a big crab being carried out on a plate. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's also, I think this happens before the wedding where they're going to visit the grave of Billy's grandfather yeah. to ask him for blessings. Oh, and it, see, not really like it just looked really good. It was just like, oh good yeah yeah. Good. We'll get well, into how it like lay, lays out. Yeah. So, up. but yeah. the juxtaposition that was neat that that was like one of the more cinematic moments was the mothers talking about like I just I don't feel like I should have to cry in front of everybody. I shouldn't have to display my emotions, and it's so ridiculous how people do that. Oh, and right, you know right, they right. even they even hire professional criers to cry at funerals, and then it cuts to this woman going ah 
like yeah. just very dramatically crying. Wailing, yeah. And at first, when you know, I was like going, "Oh God, are we cutting to Nine Eyes' funeral? Did she die? Is this this huge jump forward? What's going on?" But no, it's just a funeral that is moving through the cemetery, and Billy's family is is there at the grave. Now, this was a cool thing that I. Picked up, I don't know if you quite picked up on them burning, like, the paper iPhone and stuff. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. So I had read, um, like, a year ago, I read the book Severance, which is really good. And the main character in that is Chinese-American, and she talks about this, where um, traditionally you would burn offerings for your ancestors, things for them to have in the afterlife, and, you know, maybe they want an iPhone. Well, you obviously don't want to try and set an actual iPhone on fire. That would be really a bad idea. So there are companies that make these very beautiful, realistic paper and cardboard, you know, iPhones and computers and luxury cars and houses and like make all these luxury goods out of paper and cardboard so you can burn them. But then the idea is then, you know, if you burn the cardboard iPhone, then your, you know, grandpa has a real iPhone in the afterlife. Um, and I just thought that was really like, that's such a cool object that exists yeah. solely for this, you know, for this spiritual religious purpose. And I just thought that yeah. was really cool. Yeah. And, um, she, uh, the um, I think her mom or, or someone recommends that Billy gets a gets a, goes to a place and gets a massage, and uh, while they're in the massage, uh, the mom's getting one too, and so you know Billy looks over at her and you know she's kind of saying like, hey, you know, why are we doing this to, you know, why? Are oh, we that was her aunt her? that was getting a massage with her, wasn't it? Yeah. So um, you know, Billy says, hey, why, you know, why why are we keeping this from her? You know, what if she wants to say goodbye? You know. And uh is like, no, nah, that's too painful. And besides, what's the point? You know, she seems totally normal and happy happy now. And, you know, telling her would only serve to ruin the mood she has. So let's let her be happy. And, you know, um, and then they, you know, mentioned that, like, yeah, this is how a lot of uh, Chinese people treat their old, uh, older relatives. And, you know, and it, it bring up an interesting point of that, like, you know, the grief of telling them would only serve to undo you know, their grief and uh, burden of knowing it, right? So the idea is that the, to keep the knowledge to yourself because you care for them and are, you know, showing that through allowing them to be blissfully ignorant. Like, that's like, this is how you show that you care about them, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and that's like the logical explanation of it, right? Like, that's how, that's the rhetoric that, you know, makes that make sense, you know what I mean? Um, and it, you know, it, and it made me just think of like other things, right? Like, you know, the the fact that like, you know, just the fact of, funerals in general right like they're not for the dead they're for the living right like it, it, it's for our grievance you know it, there's nothing they need to do by being in front of by having their carcasses in front of us you know what i mean that's purely for us right and then of course uh billy and uh billy and nine i have a scene where they talk about how 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 and his wife aiko are uh Awkward as shit and not affectionate and well, yeah, yeah. Uh, their nine grandmother's nine like trying to pose them like dolls. It's so funny. Yeah. She's like trying to pose them like dolls for the picture. And she's like, "What is wrong with these kids?" Yeah, it's like it, it, she goes like, "I have to like, uh, like I have to all but push this woman to like, it, like publicly show affection. Like I, I, you know, shudder to think what it's like when I'm not here." And it's like that. It, it's that sort of like pause laugh line where you're like, <laughs> wait, yeah, oh, I feel bad. I feel like, bad wait. for, yeah, I feel bad for Aiko because like Aiko yeah, she's doesn't she's just, like, know. well, and like she, I don't think she speaks any Mandarin because no, no. she has yeah. to get like when she's speaking at the wedding, somebody has to translate for yeah. her. Yeah. That was the thing that led me to be like, 
what, what do these two have in common anyway? Like, well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like, I think it, you know, it may be that like, I, my, my like head canon here is that he's gay and he has, and she's like his friend. And he was like, oh yeah, this is my girlfriend. We've been dating just to kind of put his parents at ease. And then when they needed to do the wedding, they were like, oh, you've got a girlfriend. Great. Okay, great. We're going to do this. Right, right, right. It's like, cause yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, oh, during that scene, uh, they're playing, uh, Beethoven, that, that Billy Joel song that I, uh, well, so it's, it, the melody is from a Beethoven tune, but, uh, Billy Joel technically sampled it, uh, as the melody for his song, um, you know, uh, this night can last forever, and oh my god, um, I was the hugest, have you ever been a huge fan of, like, an artist's, like, specific album? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you're not a fan of, like, all of their stuff. You're specifically a fan of, like, that album, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So my album was the An Innocent Man. Woo! That album has bop after bop after bop after bop. <laughs> and one of my favorite ones was the song that they played here. And I was thinking about it because at first I heard the melody, but I was just thinking, like, oh, is that just the Beethoven original one? You know, like, yeah, they're playing some classical music. But then I heard someone singing in Chinese to it, and I was like, wait a minute. Oh, oh, are they doing the Billy Joel song? You know, like it's a karaoke thing. I was like, oh, hey, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> you know, so just I just wanted to bring up that the idea of like, you know, Billy Joel, uh, you know, um, or, or excuse me, Beethoven stealing music from the great Billy Joel. That fucking bastard Beethoven. He he's a he's a sly one. The wedding the wedding scene was really interesting. The the wedding yeah, banquet. Yeah. With how with how it unfolded, um, oh my god, um, and when you see uh, uh, nine eye, it, yeah, because it's still in the scene where uh, how how and Iko are uh, you know, doing the pictures and stuff like that, and uh, nine eye says to Billy, she says like um, you know, hey, you know, when we're at the wedding, you know, be be happy, be positive, don't be you know, basically don't be a Debbie Downer, and then she says don't be a new new nene, and like uh, Billy says like what what's a new new nene, and grandma. She does this thing. It's like, it's when you do this. And she, like, imitates a teenager acting whiny and fuzzy yeah. and pouty. Like, well, and the thing oh. is that's so funny is that she, <laughs> like, Billy the whole time just looks so miserable. Oh, so except for yeah. the one moment where she is, like, talking to her mother when she first gets to China. Because her parents have told her don't come. And she just gets a ticket herself and shows up. Surprise. And she's talking to her mother and she's like, look, I can look cheerful. And she puts on this like gigantic smile. And that is the only time I think in the entire movie that you see her not looking miserable with this big fake smile. And then the whole rest of the time, she just looks like somebody peed in her oatmeal, which, you know, I mean, she's sad that her grandmother is dying. It's, it's understandable, yeah. but she does not. It's like you just demonstrated that you can fake a smile. So why are you uh, not doing that? Get with the program. <laughs> but yeah, but she said, but you know, but as the as Nine is saying this stuff, like it never comes across as like you know the stern like authority. Yeah, no, she's like, like hey, she's you know, just smile. like being. She's it's still like, very on, affectionate even fun, when she's criticizing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If someone asks you to sing, oh come on, just sing. Like you know, like. 
Yeah, and then they're at the rot- uh, they're at the uh, restaurant again. The visuals in this movie with the rotating food bar, I love it. I just love uh, the rotating food bars, like in general, and want to do be at more places where they where those things are. But um, <laughs> and um, oh yeah, and this is the scene where the uh, one of the aunts is talking about sending their kid Bao to America, uh, you know, to get more opportunity. Then another relative chimes in with, uh, but you know, uh, what if they end up not caring about you know money and you know seeing how important it is and you know basically living their lives according you know to the fact that money is important you know like Billy does you know and uh, the aunt says uh, uh, and actually doesn't the slick talking aunt goes like oh you know it's easy to make money in China but um, I'm sending my kid uh, to America for the opportunity right because they uh, well and their kids like eight so you know they've got yeah. <laughs> like a decade to figure out what, yeah, the- what the heck is it yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and oh yeah, I thought it was like, the, and the dad's the cool one in this scene, right? Because when Billy, there's a scene where uh, part where Billy doesn't understand uh, what's being said because they say a specific word like in in Chinese that you know she she doesn't know, and you know the auntie's kind of talking sideways, and so the uh, the younger auntie says sarcastically like, oh don't worry, your daughter will make money when she becomes a big fancy writer, right? Uh, you're investing in her future uh, payout, I guess, and you know the mom her mom goes like, oh so raising a kid to you is like investing in the stock market essentially. Huh? You know, <laughs> like yeah. kind of cuts back. Then uh, you know, Billy uh, asks like uh, she says she asks Dad like what what in English like what 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 did she just say? I didn't recognize that. And the dad says they say you're a stock market investment and you're going to make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, like I just loved the way he just so did that like that dad thing right of like i'm saying what they said and being a dick about like specifically laying it out right but in a funny way where it's just like because because she doesn't understand it's like you're gonna be doing great sweetie because you're you're a stock market investment that's what they said you know <laughs> yeah you know um but in a, and then in this conversation they like really start to dig into you know um um you know um the identity of you know internationally traveling traveling uh especially like you know to america and how like um, you know, w- when they, um, what is it? There's one scene, I think the dad goes like, Hey, you know, we've got American passports, you know, they're stamped. Like we're kind of basically half American, you know? And, uh, the uncle is like, well, you know what? I consider myself Chinese and that's how, you know, I've always been. And that's just how I'm going to be. Cause you know, I, this is my land, you know, this is my, you know, this is, this is my home. This is home, you know? And earlier they, uh, someone mentions that when they went to America, a uh, nice church lady gave them the key to uh, practice in in the church on their piano because uh, the parents couldn't afford lessons when she was really young when they went to America mm-hmm. when she was like around six or seven, um, and then the the scene just ends so hard with a thud where uh, someone uh, you know trying to cut the conversation where it gets a little too serious uh, where they go like yeah because nine nine goes like hey hey everyone come on we're happy like everyone's together let's let's lighten the mood you know. And um, someone asks, oh, hey, um, yeah, uh, uh, Billy, how's your piano coming along? And she just curtly goes like, I don't practice anymore. And then just goes back to eating. <laughs> and it's just like, well, goddamn. <laughs> and I just want to point out real quick, yeah, there's a bird that keeps getting in. Oh, like, yeah. I didn't know what that was about. Yeah, because at the beginning yeah. in her apartment in New York, a bird comes in Billy's window and then and in the hotel like the in China. Bird. Yeah, like yeah. a small, scrappy, brown-looking bird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's got to be symbolic, but I, I, did, I went over my head. And Grandma um, has a moment where I think people don't know where she is. Uh, and they think, like, oh, my God, is she at the, like, hospital? Like, what's going on? Unbeknownst to everyone else, like, she's just kind of gone to change her pre- prescription, uh, subscription, uh, yeah, prescription real quick. And so everyone freaks, thinking something worse might have happened. But then they see she's okay. 
Um, and that's the scene where they're where they're talking to the doctor, and so it's like, oh no, she's just getting, she was just getting a uh, uh, a checkup, it, basically showing that like, oh, the doctor is is key to what's going on, and he's cool with it too, you know, like he's cool with like keeping up with the lie, and uh, you know, knowing that he knows English because he had studied in the UK. Uh, uh, Billy goes like, "Hey, oh, you mind if I speak to English to you real quick? You know, just to, hey, just to, you know, do it." And she goes like, "Yeah, um, do you think it's like bad to lie about, you know, not telling our relatives about cancer?" And yeah, that's when he drops the thing where he goes like, oh, "You know, like I've done the same with my relatives. It's a, like, it's so it's a lie, but you know, it's a good lie." And um, yeah, it was when she she says to the family members, "She's like, what if she finds out you guys were lying? You know, what what what, what would you have to say then?" And then um. Uh, I think it's uh, Nine Nine's sister chimes up and she goes like, you know, she did the same thing herself when your granddad had cancer. So, you know, this is just what we're, this is how this works, all right? Like, this is part of the culture, like, get with the program, basically. And as the mom's taking uh, the dad back to the hotel since he's, like, you know, a little drunk off his ass, uh, she's kind of, like, you know, getting him into the bed, undoing his clothes, you know, to try to, like, you know, get him in bed and situated. And uh, while they're talking, basically, you know, Billy's still, you know, being Debbie Downer, bringing up like, well, why can't we talk about it? Like, why can't we do it? And it's just like, uh, you know, why can't we do this for her, help her with this? Like, why can't we assist, you know, do assisted living, this sort of thing? And uh, the mom's like, uh, like, no, she likes, look, she likes telling people what to do. And this is a wedding where she can tell people what to do. Okay, so this is going to be fun for her. You know, she didn't like living in my place because when she was living in my place, like, you know, it was my place. So I was the one who said what to do. And she didn't like that. So look, you know, here's a place where she can do what she to do. And uh, Billy says like, but she's sick. You know, she shouldn't be doing this. She shouldn't, you know, we should, shouldn't we be more sensitive? You know, shouldn't we be doing like something better than this that, that should help her? And the mom like cuts in and says like, oh, what do you want us to do? Scream and cry like you? You know, it's like, you know, when dad died, I was sad too, but I didn't him and haul like you're doing, you know, with the expectation that everyone, you know, was expecting, uh, with the expectation that everyone was expecting me to crumble and watch me, you know, like that sort of dialogue, right? And and really going into mm -hmm. like thinking I didn't love my father just because, you know, I, I didn't do that. But like, you know, that's when she gets into it. Like, I'm not, I'm sorry. That's not how I feel. That's not how I, you know, process emotion. I, d I don't just want to display them in front of people. Like she says, like a, like a fucking zoo. And that's what she brings up. Yeah, the fake Christ. And oh my God, it's so, it yeah. does when it happens. And you're just like, whoa, <laughs> this woman just going, going to town on just like bawling her eyes out. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, then they get to the grave in a really just beautiful looking scene where they're like eating things, lighting cigarettes, you know, doing things in honor of uh, in honor of him and saying things like, hey, I thought he quit like, you know, a little bit before he passed. And it's like, look, leave him alone. All right. He's dead. What's where's what, what worse can happen to him? <laughs> so it gets to the scene where Billy uh, catches her dad and the uncle uh, sharing cigarettes. And she goes like, oh, dad, like, you know, I thought. You, I thought you guys quit this. Come on, you know. And he's just like, "Hey, look, you're like, come on, like we did. I did quit, but I'm gonna continue quitting next week. But I, <laughs> you know, but then the conversation turns to you know her saying like, hey, you know, so are you guys gonna tell her like, you know? And oh yeah, the dad pushes back and he's like, look, I at the end of the day, I'm not gonna go against my family if this is what they want. Okay, like. And this is when the uncle cuts in and he says, like, you know, you guys moved to the West a long time ago, okay? And, you know, you think your lives, like, you know, the problem with, you know, when you move over there is, like, you think your lives purely belong to yourselves. It gets into, like, the ideological sort of, like, 
philosophical, you know, differences with how, like, you know, people do kind of, like, live their lives, right, when it comes to, like, the West. And interestingly, when you hear about, like, you know, the cultural goings-on of, like, people in, like, China and things like that, concerning these things that they kind of bring up in the film, right? The uncle says that's the difference between Eastern thinking and Western. You know, in the West, uh, a person's life, I mean, in the East, a person's life is part of a whole, a part of family and society. You know, and in the East, it's about, like, that rugged individualism, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, and he says, you want to tell her the truth because you're afraid to take responsibility for her. To ultimately, you, you want to unburden yourself because if you tell her, then you personally don't have to feel guilty about the fact that this is happening, right? But, like, we're not telling her because it's our duty as a family to carry that emotional duty for her, that emotional burden for her. That is our gift to her. And it was just such, like, a fucking affecting moment where you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's beautiful. Then we go to the next scene where Aiko had uh, apparently dropped an earring and everyone's, you know, searching around trying to find it. Um, and in, in the midst of it, uh, Billy says, hey, you know, I, I think I kind of want to stay with Nana. I think I want to kind of like stay and help. And the mom's just like, oh, you know, you're just doing it out of guild. Why would you do it? It's just going to be here. You, you think Nana wants to just see your, you know, sad puppy dog face all day, you know? And I really like this because Billy gets to have a moment, right, where she goes like, you know, because she's already kind of chided her you know, earlier in the film, and I think even earlier, like, yeah, earlier in the movie. And so, like, Billy kind of, like, cuts it, and she's like, okay, you know, like, I have good memories of this place, and, like, one of the last ones I had was, you know, being in China and being in, like, Nai Nai's garden. But then we moved to America. Everything moved, changed so suddenly. Like, it was so unnerving, and I could always tell that you weren't, like, completely happy with it, but we just couldn't talk about it, you know? And it's like... And then there was just no one. There was just suddenly no one like me or my culture, you know? And and she goes, like, I wanted to believe it was good, but it just always seemed like there was fear in your eyes. And then she brings up uh, Yeye. And who was that in relation to her? Was that? That was her grandfather, Yeye. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, because she's like, you didn't even tell me he was sick. You wouldn't even let me go to his funeral. So it felt like he just suddenly vanished. And we're just not talking about it. Like, our emotions are, like, of no material concern, basically, you know? And, uh, and the mom's just like, well, we just didn't want you to miss school. You know, we did what was best for you. And she's like, but I never saw him again. And every time I come here, he just, you know, he's just not there anymore. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. And like this, this, you know, beautiful memory that I have is just like taken from you. And, you know, that just speaks to like a general thing that you have, like, right. You know, you've gone back to your hometown and it doesn't exactly look the same anymore. Right. You know, like it's just that general thing of just like, yeah, having to lose those things, you know? Yeah. Like um, my, my hometown people, you know? that I grew up in, I mean, it's not exactly the to to that degree but when i was a kid growing up every there was everything independent it was like there was a little like uh you know mom and pop sub shop there was a mom and pop video store there was like you know everything was like mom and pop and like independent shops so there was even an independent grocery store and then by the time i was in high school everything was chains yeah and, it, it, you know it, yeah, oh, for sure. And I was also just thinking about just in terms of, like, if you go back to your hometown, right, like, you know, that's where you were at in high school. That's where you were at in grade school. And you go back and, like, oh, right, like, half of those people aren't there anymore. You know? Right, like, yeah, yeah. You know it's what I'm like, saying? Like, this place isn't the same. I can't, <laughs> yeah, I can't just go to their house You're and hang out. You're not going back in you know? time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that That's, like, more to the point of getting, you know, to the point of, like, yeah, like, losing her grandma, like, uh, grandpa like that, you know? And it's just, like, Oh, and we're just moving it over, and it's just, I just have to get over it, like, you know? And then, uh, so it, it goes, um, it, it cuts back to, like, the, yeah, the day of the wedding, right? Because they're singing karaoke and having a good time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the dad and Billy sing Killing Me Softly at the wedding ceremony. That which, was so sweet. 
It was sweet, but then it just explicitly reminded me of her hip hop spurning shenanigans <laughs> because oh. that song is a you know a hip hop sample from the the Fugees. So I'm just right, like, right. Just, just... <laughs> but but it's fine. I'm just taking the piss. So yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, this was from... this was one for me where I think ignorance was bliss and not having <laughs> yeah not having those associations. Yeah. Um, and then the wedding couple <laughs> go up. And... Oh, that was so painful. Bless them. They were like, they were singing this song in Japanese together, but they were singing like acapella very awkwardly. It almost, I don't know what the song was, but it almost felt like something like little kids would sing. Oh my, I literally, yeah, I was like, it looks like two kids being called up to sing for a talent show and one of them's about to fucking wet their pants. Like, (laughs) instead of two horny adults that are about to bang after the ceremony's over, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, they definitely (laughs) were not that. Yeah, um, and then it cuts to more intense dancing music playing, and, and they're playing what looks like a drinking game where you like flap your arms like at the elbow like a chicken, and you chant something. Yeah, and who, yeah. I think I whoever was... messes it up has to drink. I, I couldn't figure out what. Yeah, this they was. were playing some kind of it. It was almost like a zip zap zop type of game, I think, but yeah, also yeah. with drinking. And poor How How gets very very drunk. The cousin gets very uh, drunk. Uh, because I think he keeps messing it up. <laughs> yeah, he keeps he keeps messing up, and it's one of those things where that kind of drinking game is rough you, because yeah, you know it snowballs. <laughs> like the more you have to drink, then the worse you do, and then you have to drink more. And and then uh, Karomi Ben starts playing, uh, and it's like yeah, it's like especially like over. Like, it's especially overdubbed in this way where, like, as it happens, it happens in the middle of them doing the game. So, like, you're seeing them, and it, 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 at first it seems like might, someone might be singing it or something like that. Like, someone at the table. Like, it's a weird juxtaposition. But then, like, it kind of cuts, and you see them, like, oh, okay, it's them. Uh, like, you know, it's actually this person over there. And then while, like, you know, as the transition happens, it cuts over to, like, you know, how how sobbing uncontrollably while everything oh. else uh, is muted yeah, except for the uh, the combo um, that they're having, Poor um, and and you know, Grandma, he's a uh, baby too. He's yeah, like right? twenty two or something. Yeah, because I was because she's uh, or like twenty one. Like, I think they say he's like twenty one. He's very yeah. young. Yeah, because uh, Billy is, is twenty nine or going on thirty, and so yeah, he's the younger one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, much younger one. And, and they, you know, nine nine tries to smooth it over, but it's like, oh, they're just tears of joy, despite. Them clearly mm-hmm. not being yeah. happy tears, because <laughs> um, yeah, happy tears were the um, the dad earlier in the ceremony when he actually has a moment. Be- I mean, he's drunk, but you know, he's like genuinely going like, "I love my family, I love you guys," you know, like that's happy tears, you know, where mm-hmm. you're just like actually, you know, like in your feelings in a good way, you know what I mean? But yeah, the grandma's test results come back, and um, you know, they show it to her, and it's like, oh, just benign shadows, you know, irregularity, but you know, not enough to be fatal. And then after the wedding, uh, the uh, uh, Nine Eye comes over to Billy, gives her some money, and goes like, "Hey, you know, I I gave I gave How uh, 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 House some money. You know, it feels only right to give you some too." And she's like, "No, you know, don't you know, like that was the wedding." It's like, "No, no, no. Like I I, I th- this is what I want to do, and I'm giving it to you. And don't spend it on something practical like rent either. Get something nice, damn it. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I love I love this." woman um (laughs) then you know uh billy tells her like hey you know i kind of didn't get the fellowship just to like be frank with you um but then oh man wait nine nine just goes like she just the way she's just so coolly smooths it over just be like 
look like hey i have faith in you that you're gonna be able to do what you do so never mind it you know um oh especially in the face of the other family members kind of like being a little you know critical you know but she's so sweet like you know and billy's like oh I, you know i didn't tell you because i didn't want you to worry and she's like I, you know i'm worried i wasn't worried and i'm not worried you know because i know that you know you can do your thing you keep an open mind it's not what you do in life but how you go about doing it you know what i mean so you know and uh billy's like oh well are you sure you're all right nine nine and she goes like of course i am why would i lie to you stupid child you know yeah. <laughs> um then uh, the titular farewell happens where they go off on the cab and it looks like Everyone's about to break the fuck down like they're barely holding it together. Then it ends with uh, Billy walking through New York. And, you know, you can especially tell you see, you know, people of a bunch of different, like, you know, shades and greens and stuff like that. So, like, and she's walking down and you have this shot where she's like, you know, clearly kind of looking down. But then having that moment where, you know, you know, in the acting moment, you can tell someone like has a, a thought that brings them out of like a darker moment that they're having. And she kind of gets like that positive feeling. She kind of looks up and she does the... uh the ha ha noises that uh, Nine Nine did, and you see some birds like fly away when they hear it. Um, and yeah, and then it's what cuts to uh, yeah the actual woman doing the ha ha ha, you know. And it's underneath, and after her diagnosis, Nine Nine still with us, which is looks to get into how I felt about it. Like at first, I felt like it was such like just in general, just like just getting you know seeing it happen the first time. Like it was so unexpectedly unexpectedly positive right like in a way that first felt a little treacly you know where it's just like oh but then you know this is a this is a light movie ultimately so everything's fine this isn't welcome to the dollhouse you know like mm -hmm. you know um but um then i thought about it and i was like actually like that's actually the most clever way to subvert a movie with such a weighty topic like this right like especially the way they bum pum it at the end right where it's just like you know it's her having a great moment of like i just finished the trip and you know like and, you know, I'm kind of taking something to, you know, in me that's going to help me, like, you know, move forward and, and move better as a person. You know what I'm saying? Like, the lessons that I've learned and the things that I've had to think about because of this family that I've been blessed with, you know. Then you have, like, this sort of, like, oh, I'm inspired by her. And then it's like, oh, and she's actually mine. Ah. And you see, like, you, just the fact that you see her, like, the and the... You know, you can see the warmth in like who this person is, and just having a good time doing that. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just like I, I you really, just feel good. I loved the last moment of the movie proper, so to speak, before that you know meta mm -hmm. moment where um, Billy is you know back in New York, and she's just kind of like she's she's just stunned the weight of all this is on her, and she looks up. And she has that moment where, you know, because her grandmother had told her, like, take the Qigong seriously and go, ha. And she looks up and goes, ha, and, like, shouts. And I think you see, like, birds fly up. And it's just yeah. this really great, because, you know, she's been going around this whole movie, like you said, kind of looking like a teenager and kind of looking very hangdog and very, you know, what is, what is how does the, the how does Nene say it? Like, she's looking for like, <laughs> new, new, nene. and then she has this moment of like the opposite of that and just taking that power and like and channeling her grandmother. And it's just it's such a great moment. I thought it was such a great thing to end on. And then having the little footnote of and actually Nene didn't die. So, you know, it's it's great. Yeah, and, and also I, I just the fact that it ended with her doing the hot moves and her saying like, you know, that's how I stay healthy. You know, I was somewhere thinking like, oh, is that what they're kind of implying? Like, yeah, she got sick, but God damn it, she kept living that healthy life and she pulled through. <laughs> you know, like she's such a non-conventional person. <laughs> you know, um, 
Oh my God. Uh, just, just, just grandma. Like, cause I wrote these notes where I was just like, oh yeah, I think my last notes are just talking about how much I, I love this woman. Like on a certain level, there's that, um, you know, uh, nature of maturity that she has there where you, where you do feel like the weight of her, you know, when she's talking to her, you know, gra granddaughter. But um, when, she, when she still has those convos with Billy, they're still the kindest, sweetest, most earnestly engaging convos like, mm -hmm. that you have in the whole movie. And even the stuff where she's like reprimanding her in that way, we're like, hey, don't be a sad sack at the wedding. Like, it's never presented authoritarianly. It's always presented like humanly. Like, it's just like, come on, let's, let's be together. Let's have fun, you know? Like, and so, I don't know. I, I fucking, this is a really good movie. Definite recommend. I wish I wouldn't have spoiled it for, for the people who had seen it so they could, like, have that experience of being like, oh, what? <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, uh, like, to be surprised by a happy ending instead. Of, like, it feels like the opposite of M. Night Shyamalan with what Lulu Wong did with this movie, you know, yeah. where it's just like, and actually everything turned out better than you thought it yeah. would. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those things where, you know, when something is based on a true story, it is, it's an interesting um you know, it's a, it's an interesting question of how do you look at it? How do you judge it? Because, you know, on the one hand, she didn't make this up out of thin air. This is what really happened. On the other hand, she chose how to present it and how to frame it. Right. So, you know, I think you can always make criticisms of how something is presented. But I actually like how it was presented in frames. Like, I don't, I genuinely. Like, it's don't... so charming that it earns it, I feel, you know. Right, like... <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I guess, like, obviously we're not rooting for Grandma to die. We don't want <laughs> right. that to happen. And, you know, and then so the question, I guess, becomes, well, why then tell the story and why yeah. not include the fact that she ended up being okay in it? But I think the story is worth telling, and the story is the story of right that moment the story is the story of those few days where yeah, they that really saying goodbye yeah, and yeah. her surviving for another six years wasn't part of that story because they didn't know that she was going to survive for another six right, years. They didn't know that right. six years later so i think having that as a coda having that as like a footnote was really effective yeah and because those emotions were real because it is spurned by this family's love for each other right like mm -hmm. You know, and so like that's what it really becomes about at the end of the day. This is like the emotional version of uh, you know, at the end of uh, what's the name of that movie, um, Inception, where it's like, is this stop uh, really spinning? And, you know, like is is it really uh, gonna stop spinning? You know, is it gonna? But it's like it's not really about the question of whether or not it was actually gonna happen. It was about the journey of going along with it and having you, you know have that emotion, you know what I'm saying? Like, as you're watching mm -hmm. the film, you know? So, I mean, not exactly the same, but, you know, like, emotionally, in terms of, like, it, it isn't giving you the exact satisfying thing that you want, but it's, like, that's not the point. You know what I'm trying to say when I say it like yeah. that? Like, so, in that way, it's just such a, like, huh, wow. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I, I figure it's always hard to start a movie and hard, and hard to end a movie, and they did a really good job not only starting it with saying, like, oh, this is about... Uh, Big ass lie, but just with how they ended it, you know. Yeah. So props yeah. for that. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, this has been the review a new podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can go to that Patreon.com/slash/RapKid if you want to hear the exclusive episodes because we're still on uh, your boy Quentin Tarantino, and we're about to get into death proof. <sighs> so. Wait, what are we doing next? <laughs> what are we doing next? We're doing uh, uh, his uh, joint feature with uh, your boy. You know him. You love him. Uh, 
the the Grindhouse movie that he did. Oh, I've never seen that. I'm actually I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I've never seen it either, and I've uh, heard some mixed things. Uh, <laughs> so I guess we'll see. Um, uh, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Review New Podcast. Uh, if you like what you heard, definitely give us that uh, five star rating on the Spotify's so that you know more people can see what we're doing and you know uh, be a part of the conversation. You know what I'm saying that we be having on on these joints. So uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. And uh, until next time, I'm DJ. I'm Evan, and, and- for your Senza di te languisce il cor, caro mio ben, credimi al men, senza di te languisce il cor. <laughs> there we go. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank y'all.